You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey, y'all, it's Bridget here. We are thrilled to highlight the amazing, diverse, and women-owned wine and spirits brand that were featured at the recent WSWA Access Live. These brands are breaking barriers and creating some of the most exciting and unique products on the market. Not only are these brands offering exceptional quality and taste, but they're also leading the way in promoting inclusivity. By highlighting these change makers, we hope to inspire and empower all of those who are passionate about wine and spirits. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be amazed by the talent, innovation, and creativity of these diverse and women-owned brands. Let's dive in. Hello, Served Up friends. I'm thrilled to introduce you to Miriam Jean-Baptiste, co-founder of LS Cream Liqueur. LS Cream Liqueur is an innovative cream liqueur inspired by the iconic Haitian drink known as Cremas. Miriam co-founded LS Cream Liqueur with her husband, Stephen Charles. They are both of Haitian descent, and they take us through their journey as a family, also celebrating their culture while creating a premium alternative in the cream liqueur category. Now sit back, grab a nice cold glass of LS Cream Liqueur on the rocks and get inspired. Miriam, welcome to Served Up. Thank you for joining us today. It's really fun to have you on the show, and I cannot wait to try this cream liqueur sitting in front of us, LS Cream cream Liqueur. It is one of my guilty pleasures to drink cream liqueurs, so really excited to learn all about this beautiful bottle we have in front of us. So can you tell our listeners a bit about your background? You know, um, how did you decide to create a liqueur? So um, my background is actually does not have nothing to do with the liquor industry. Um, My husband and I, we met in college, in business school back in Montreal. That's where we're from. And we got into the, you know, the real world right after our college. Right. So uh, I was working for a cigarette company, a tobacco company uh, in sales. And afterwards, I was working for Cirque du Soleil. So always in business, always in sales. Um, Stephen had the idea of starting this cream liqueur company because we're both of Haitian descent. And Cremas, which is a cream liqueur that's passed on from generation to generation in Haiti, um, is, has always been in our lives. This is the first alcohol that you taste even as a kid. You always have somebody in the family that will say, just 
put your lips to it. You know, it's sweet. It's good. It's if somebody gives you a bottle of cremas, it's because they love you. They appreciate you. So we, we, you know, we grew up with this delicious recipe. Our friends as adults were always asking us, please, like, beg your mother, please, please to ask her to give me a bottle. Or, you know, we were waiting for Christmas so that our grandmothers or mothers would be in the kitchen cooking up this delicious recipe and finally bringing it out. So we said one time, like, it was Christmas. We were at my family's house and there was a bottle of cremas on the table. And we were just, you know, wondering how come that we always have to wait for somebody to make this and we have to beg for them to make it. And it takes so long, so much ingredients to, to make cremas. And we started researching and we started that idea just, you know, stayed in our heads. Uh, Stevens was uh, really um, wanting to go after after it all. He's the he's always been like the businessman, always doing like ventures and things like that. So, yeah, we started to, to really dig into it, learning more about the alcohol industry, which is a very complicated industry and very much regulated um, and made our way. And here we are. We have a, this amazing uh, product that's called Ellis Cream. And we're in 16 states currently and also in Canada at the SEQ, which is a government run liquor board over there. And we're just here to conquer the world in the cream liqueur category. <laughs> I love it. And I cheated. I took a sip because I couldn't help myself. It is so delicious. So talk to us about what it, what this traditional cream um, liqueur, how it's made at home with the families, the grandmothers, the mothers, because I think all of our different countries and ethnicities create a very special liqueur at home. And it means so much to our you know, our generations and something that you remember. So talk to us about how it's made originally and then how you've made LS cream liqueur now. So you're, yeah, you're totally right. Every Caribbean island especially has their own twist on the cream liqueur. Uh, Puerto Ricans have coquito, Jamaicans have rum cream. We have cremas mm -hmm. and it's made out of condensed milk. You have the nutmeg that's really like grated um, directly in the, the recipe nutmeg, cinnamon, coconut, vanilla, and, you know, people that make it, they put it in an older, like, rum bottle, and they give it out. So, you know, it's always made, again, with a lot of love. Um, it's a bit thicker than what we have as what it has become LS cream, and that was done on purpose. We always see that LS is the evolution of cremas. So we love to have your grandmother's cremas bottle on the table, but now that you have like a cream liqueur that's next to all the big Irish creams or different creams that we're used to drinking, now there's something that's um, appealing to different demographics. It's, you know, a sexy bottle. It's a black bottle, elegant. Um, and that's really what we wanted to do. We just wanted to have an evolution of cremas, but still keep all the heritage, the culture that was given to us by our parents that came here or in Canada that immigrated, that gave us all these, you know, that heritage. We wanted to make sure that it was instilled in LS that could fill all the notes of what we're used to in cremas, but now able to mix it in cocktails, in, you know, with different types of spirits, sell it in bars and restaurants and hotels. And just have a different alternative and also, you know, disrupt the cream liqueur category. Aha. 
So LS is actually a mix of Stephen's grandmother's initials with his. Uh, this is, again, a recipe that's passed on from generation. She kept it in the, on a handwritten note in a Ziploc bag that all the sisters in the family were passing along, especially around Christmas, to go and make that recipe. So it was important for us to pay homage to her legacy and to, you know, print this on the, the, the label so that we would pay homage to her. We also included the um, Haitian flag on there, which is the effigy of the Haitian flag, the coat of arms of Haiti. Uh, because, you know, sometimes, a lot of times, unfortunately, Haiti is spoken about in the news for all the disasters that's going on and, you know, everything that's going on over there. But it's such a beautiful island, rich of heritage, so much culture, uh, the food, you know, everything is so much so good over there that we wanted to, you know, shed a positive light on the country, on the island itself. Uh, so, you know, it's we're just proud of being able to share a piece of her heritage with the world. I love that. And I think just trying it now, it's it tastes so beautiful. It has an excellent mouthfeel, right? So it's it's nice and it it just it's not too heavy. It's not too light. It, it definitely has the body. I love the flavors of the nutmeg yes. and the vanilla. And um, so we're drinking it now at room Cheers. temperature. Mm-hmm. Cheers. It's <laughs> Cheers. so good. And I, I also know that there's different ways that you can have this. And you had mentioned over ice. I think as a beverage professional, it's always great to try something at room temperature because then you can taste any flaws, Mm -hmm. right? That can be covered by ice, by cold. This is so lovely and it's so balanced and it's really made with great quality. How are different ways that you like to drink this if you were going to do something a little untraditional? Untraditional. I will say my favorite way is over ice, like just on the rocks. Or um, I do this thing where when I really want to, you know, give me a little something, something, I take a bowl of ice cream, vanilla ice cream. Oh boy. (laughs) Now we're cooking with butter. Yep. (laughs) I heat some brownies, put them in there, and I just drizzle it with some LS and it's just divine. But what's good with LS is that, especially in bars and restaurants, they love to make the espresso martini, Um, which is huge right now. I do not drink my espresso martinis any other way now. I'm addicted to it. Made with LS. Um, You could do, you could just mix it with rum, with whiskey. Some people even bake with it. They put in their French toast batter, their their pancake batter, coffee. You just spike your coffee up on Sundays on or whenever you want. Monday Nobody will know. <laughs> You'll just be a very happy person. Um, so yeah, so there's different ways that you could consume it. Uh, mine is really like over the rocks or with coffee when I do drink coffee. And we we did it on purpose that we wanted to be a bit more, you know, liquid, well, not liquid, but the consistency was important for us. Um, like we mentioned before, like I mentioned before, cremas traditionally is very thick. So you have to like tap your glass for it to come down. Whereas LS, very smooth, all natural ingredients, low in lactose, gluten-free. It does not have to be refrigerated even once open. So that's something that especially bars and restaurants really enjoy because they, they're really usually like fighting for space in their fridge. Um, and the customers then, you know, they could just leave it out on the bar. No need to keep it in the fridge even once it's open. So very a premium quality product. 
What does it mean to you to personally to have a product that represents your culture? It's what drives us. Um, there's not a lot of women in this industry. There's not a lot of black women in this industry. Uh, there's not a lot of, you know, diversity. Um, so for us, we are very mindful of how we are working with this, with this product and the impact that it actually has on, you know, different generations and people that would love to enter this industry, but with all these barriers that we have in the alcohol industry, sometimes it's like, you just want to give up and just be like, you know what, let me just go back to my nine to five and not have to fight and hustle and whatever. But, and then you turn around and you get messages that say, oh my God, guys, thank you so much. You're inspiring us. Uh, thank you for opening our door, the doors to this industry. Back in Montreal, we, were for a long time the only Black-owned liquor on the shelves of the SEQ, which is the government-run liquor board in Quebec. There was nobody else. And although we're super happy that we were able to, you know, break that glass ceiling, at the same time, I'm like, why? 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 Yeah. Right. why are we, like, the only ones? And I do understand. It's because, you know, we really had to fight <laughs> to get there. It's energy-consuming. Um, you know, we really have to spend time explaining that, yes, we are two Black owners, but this is for everybody. This is not made only for Haitians or only for Black people. This is a product like any other product, the same way that there's Australian wines, Italian wines. Well, it just so happened that we're Haitians and that we're Black. Okay, so this is very for everybody. And that's that's the goal is to share, like I said, a piece of our heritage with the entire world and for people to be to see that and, you know, not stopping when we got closed doors over and over and over again. And I'm seeing that in the industry more and more now. People from the diversity are very mindful of that and helping each other and opening doors and not keeping it just for ourselves. Like here at the WS, where we're at currently. Access Live, it's a testament of that. Like everybody's coming up like, you know what? You should go see them. They're, they have this distributor that's opening doors. Like you should go and blah, blah, blah. So that's how it's supposed to be. That's how we're going to, you know, take our place in the industry. And I think that we're playing a major role that's important for us and that we're, we're going to keep on doing. It's so great because your strength and your fortitude is testament to what makes a brand succeed, you know, and, and Bridget and I have been in the industry for so long and we've seen it so much and everything you said, you know, the hustle, you know, the ups and downs, it's so important to just keep on going yeah. because it, it takes a lot of that. And I almost feel like when you said some of that, I'm like, that's how I felt as a salesperson. You know, yeah. it's like, I tell people I've learned how to stalk people with no shame, you know, no shame. <laughs> and it's so yeah. important because if you're passionate about something and you love something, it's so important. But I think the difference from you, from, from some of the guests and, and, um, and founders that we've interviewed, it's already a struggle navigating through the American or, you know, the U.S. three-tier liquor system and Canada's totally different. So the fact that you guys have managed to be on the Canadian Liquor Board to have your product available and then also distribute in the U.S., like what were some of the learnings there? What would you advise somebody else that 
wants to get into this space, what you learned from the two different liquor laws. <laughs> we'll make the time. <laughs> no, but definitely it's it was it was completely, you know, a blank canvas for us. We really had to take the time to focus on, you know, okay, how are we going to do this and learn and just go ahead. Like Stevens, the first thing that he did was to go to the WSWA convention back in like 2014. <laughs> back in like 2014, when we just had like registered our brand without any bottles on the shelf or whatever, he came without knowing anyone and just like started shaking hands. So we found a bottler. Oh, okay. We found a distributor. We found a glass maker. So, you know, we started to understand how this industry worked. Um, and then just FYI, we applied for a, um, uh, just a, the competition. Um, so we, we actually applied to be in a competition just to, you know, we had the approval of the family. It tasted good. So now we just wanted to see, do we have the approval of the industry? And woke up the next day. We're like, oh my God, you won the medal. You're winners. So from then on, we said, okay, we have something. So let's pursue it. But it was by coming to these type of conventions, by knocking on doors, by stalking people without any shame, like you mentioned. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, people are shy and they're, they're like, I can't like, they have so much going on. I don't want to bother them with my little story or whatever, but no, you have to, you have to go through this. And this is how we found our first investors is by like, I was talking, should I, can I say the name? Okay. So, um, I was talking, uh, Fawn Weaver, the owner of uncle nearest, uh, on social media. She wasn't answering. She was probably not even seeing my, my messages, but I was like, she needs to taste LS. I didn't really, I saw her story and I was very intrigued. Finally, she, you know, she was talking to somebody else on Instagram and I just hijacked their conversation. <laughs> I was like, Miss Weaver, I'm trying to get in touch with you. But And she's like, yeah, just send me an email. So, and then this is how our entire relationship started, started to, you know, mentoring us and giving us information about how the industry was and mind you that was maybe that was three years ago so we were already you know in stores we were already at the acq in canada already in the u.s and she's been just like helping us on then kenny burned which is uh, an amazing lifestyle specialist and um he's an investor in our brand and we did all that through Instagram, and that's because Steven said I worked to get this product on the shelves, and then we were not afraid to go and, you know, talk to them and ask them for help, and it all, you know, came out like this. And so it's been a difficult road, but at the same time, so rewarding to see that just keep on going, push, and things will happen, you know? You know, right before the podcast, you shared with us that you do have children and Julie and I are both mothers mm -hmm. and I love everything that you are saying and the example that you and your husband are giving for the next generation. And so, you know, my question to you is like mom to mom, you know, how I don't believe in balance. I have to say in this industry, it's, it's not possible. So how are you able to find the time, you know, to, to be a mom and to have the self-care at the same time 
and because I know how aggressive this industry is, especially when you're trying to start a brand. Yeah. And especially when you working with your husband, who's also like in this oh my God, with girl. you. So this is our life. Um, mom guilt is real. Mom guilt is something that does exist. I think, especially for mothers, uh, Steven and I have a completely different reality. He's able to let go more easily. Where I meet as me, I travel every every other week. I'm on a plane, and I'm like, oh my god, I have, you know, I have to leave the kids again. And but what we found out is that when we communicate, there's Kennedy is seven and Preston is nine, and we communicate with them as if they were like adults. Seriously, in terms of like explaining to them what we're doing, and I feel that that has been our secret you know, that makes that work and makes it a bit less difficult because they do understand and their little minds is just like, it's just rolling. And it's so impressive to see, um, you know, we brought them for our entire summer in New York because we had to work. So we said, you, you know what, instead of like l leaving them in Montreal, we're moving the family in New York. They went to camp in New York um, and we brought them on the road with us. They visited stores with us, with the distributors. And they were like, Oh my God, how come the bottle of our bottle is on the shelf at this liquor store in New York City, you know, or in Florida? So we, we bring them along. We explain to them how it works. And, you know, Preston wants to be like the next, uh, CEO of LS. My daughter, she's into bakery, baking, and she's like, Oh, I'm going to cook some LS cupcakes when I grow up and things like that. So. It's just, I think it brings them a different perspective. It's our reality. They understand it. And they're just part of it. And I'm, I'm proud to be able to do this at the same time. Balance, like you said, doesn't really exist. I do think that it's important for, well, for me personally, I need to work out. I need to, to have that hour per day to just like let it all out. And this is when like the best ideas uh, come to my mind and I'm able to, you know, this is what fuels me. So that part is important. I try to hold on as much as possible to it. And then it's just, you know, we, we, we make it work, but it's, it's, it's not easy. Stevens, we try not to leave the kids like at the same time. This is actually the first time in months that we've traveled at the same time, but usually he's gone for a week, comes back, we give a little high five <laughs> and then I go on my way, but we always try to get at least one of us with them. Wow. I mean, I can't even imagine that journey and the fact that you both you know, from what I've learned by researching you guys that you really both kind of gave up your careers to go into this full time. Tell us what that's been like. And, you know, I, it seems like you guys have accomplished so much, you know, being in multiple states in the U.S., being in Canada, you know, what, what was that like for you to just leave your careers that where you have security to go into your own business? And the success if you've gone and like, where are you now? Like, where do you need to go next? And, and, you know, you, you mentioned ask for help, right? Yeah. So what do you need to get to that next stage for LS? So first of all, I would say like, be vulnerable because sometimes we're often, you know, want to put a shield and say, no, everything is fine. We got this and whatever. But, you know, Stevens was the first one to leave his full-time job. Um, I'm more like, give me my nine to five. Tell me how much money is coming in, how much money is coming out. I need to know <laughs> this entrepreneur thing. I cannot do it. But then COVID hits. 
And I was working for Cirque du Soleil, loved what I was doing. I was a business development manager, uh, traveling and like, you know, going to Paris, Monaco, all these beautiful places. And Stevens was always telling me, Miriam, the minute that you, you will give up your job and come work with me, that's when we'll get to the next level. You know, he was doing everything for the business as by himself. I was helping around, of course, when I could, after work, during the weekends. I was always around, but he was really the one at first. And then COVID hit and we got, of course, I got laid off because there was no shows going on in the world. And I had to choose. I said, you know what? I could either go back to the corporate world. I know I could find a job like this or I could give, I could try it out. So I tell, I told him, I'm giving you six months. <laughs> That's all I'm giving you. If it's not, if, it, if I don't like it, if it doesn't work out, I'm out. So he's like, all right. And I, I haven't looked back. I'm like, this is, I think, something that I needed to do in my life. I had it in me because this is what I was doing for another company all my life. That was my, my, my job to, be, to, you know, do business development and be in sales. So obviously I had the skills, but now to put this for my own company, for my own legacy, for the community at the same time, and just to serve as an example as much as possible. I think that's, um, you know, what drives us and continues to drive me. And I was saying to be vulnerable, we, it, it was, it could have been super hard to leave. It was actually very hard to leave the comfort of, you know, knowing how much is coming in, knowing how much is coming out. Uh, we we did a bunch of sacrifices. We sold our house, moved the kids with our with my mother in law, and and ourselves. Like you know, we said we're all in. So are we doing this or we're not? So we said yeah, and it was all worth it. So to be able to be vulnerable is what actually led us to, you know, grinding even more and going after these investors that we have right now, and that just led us on, you know all of the growth that we're, we're having and that we're continuing to work for. Um, so the next big thing would be to go national, national in the U.S., uh, continue our growth also in parallel in Canada, because right now we're in Quebec only, but we want to be uh, in the rest of the provinces and eventually uh, look at Africa, which is a, a market that we really want to get into that has so much opportunity. And yeah, that would be the next uh, big thing for LS. <laughs> Africa is definitely one of those places that is um exploding with yes. rum especially. Um do you want to maybe talk a little bit about that, Julie? Well, as soon as you said Africa, I'm like, yeah, you can go up against Amarula, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a great um it, it you know, like you said, you're disrupting that that creme, the creme category, right? With the, with the various versions. And I think really paying tribute to the Caribbean, to the Haitian cream is, um, is so important because, you know, just like rum, there's from the different countries, they all have a different style. And, and sometimes we only recognize one because of their marketing or because of countries, their dollars, (laughs) we're, we're able to get support from that. And, um, you know, but yet the category is so wide, there's no reason why we should always just go to one or two. We should be able to have a full variety of all the different ones. And I think that that's really what we try to do from a distribution angle in the U.S. and WSWA is to be able to 
bring consumers a wide range of product. Um, so what are some ways that you guys get with the consumer, right? Like how do you connect with the consumer so that we, we call it in the, in the market, in, in the industry, like liquid to lips, yeah, you know, like to live. <laughs> how do you get people to taste your product and hear your story and understand where it comes from? So liquid to lips is definitely the key. Uh, we understood that we grew our social media very organically. We were not into like hiring influencers or paying for ads. Uh, so that was something that was very important for us. And what that led to is people were like coming to us and saying, I want to work for you guys. How can I, you know, be an ambassador or, uh, you know, do tastings in stores? And that was really our model is, was to do, is to do tastings in stores. Um, in the states that we're in, we're in major uh, retailer chains such as Total Wine, Bevmo in California, more local chains like Cappies in, the, in Massachusetts. So every weekend, if you go to these locations, you'll see somebody that's there doing a tasting for LS and just educating the customers about the history behind the brand, the product itself, and it's selling. So that was really your strategy. It's been working very well. I love doing that myself. Uh, I, was, I was in Boston last week with the distributor all week, but I have this urge always to like, I see, I see a story. I'm like, okay, let me just stop by. Guys, can I do a quick tasting? And it's always fun because you get the, you know, you get the response directly from the customer and they're able to taste it from the owner. So that, of course, gives another aspect, but also for the retailer, they're like, wow, okay, you know, it's, she doesn't think that she's big shot and that she cannot do tastings anymore. I hope that I'll always be able to go back to the stores and do these tastings and connect with the retailers and the, the, the consumers. So that was really our strategy. Um, of course, PR is big, but PR is so expensive. And if you don't have, you know, a lot of marketing dollars to attribute to that part, it could be difficult. So we just have to manage and find different ways. I think that the story behind the brand is something that's very appealing. So our goal is to continue to share that story, share that heritage, and at the same time, have people that are on the ground and pushing it. And myself, Stevens as well, going with the distributor and keep, you know, forcing them to keep the attention on our brand because they have a million other brands that they could care more about. But we were not afraid to, you know, get on their ass. <laughs> Basically. And just, you know, sometimes I spend my day on a I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I spend my days just like, you know, trying to follow up and like, no, I need you to do this and that. And that's what you have to do. Because sometimes people think that because you have this big distributor, you don't have to do anything. No, that's where the, the real work starts. That you have to still be, you know, in the market, on the ground, working the floor and making sure that everything needs to be do done. So, and to keep the attention on you. So you don't have to be afraid. Um, <laughs> you can't. That saying a squeaky wheel, you know, it's no joke, right? It's no and, joke. And we, we also call it share of mind. So mm -hmm. you've got to be there, you got to be present and you've constantly have to be knocking on the door. So good for you to figure that out. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's your, your journey is so unique because you came from, you know, Circus Soleil traveling the world into the spirit industry. 
What was the most shocking thing to you when you entered the beverage industry? I was so in awe of all the work that Stevens there had done by himself. I was you, didn't like, really, you thought he was just hanging out, <laughs> like trying, tasting spirits. I was like, how did you do this all by yourself for so long? And just me be, being, you know, helping whenever I could. Um, it's, it's an industry that is very special <laughs> and very hard to navigate into. So that was very shocking to me. Like I had a background in tobacco because I, I worked for 11 years for a tobacco company and we had, there's a lot of regulations also in the tobacco industry, but the beverage industry is, I think, worst. <laughs> and so, you know, just to navigate through that was all the regulations and the laws and each state being different and having to apply for all these, you know, uh, Everything, everything, everything it was a shock to me, <laughs> but I was happy that he was, you know, he was there. Um, he, he understood how it worked. So he's like, okay, man, relax. We're going to get to that. Um, and just organically, we were able to separate the roles and just have our own, you know, he's more into the operations and the marketing. I'm really more focused on the sales and, you know, the relationship, the customer service and all of that. So, um. It's it's fun to have somebody with you to, you know, get get in, into that and support and have somebody to, you know, rent, <laughs> rent to and all of that. But yeah, that was that was quite shocking. All, all the regulation things that we had to go through. Well, good on Stevens and good on you to to really look and, you know, um, to really find those resources that are out there because there are so many. And I believe like I've told so many of my, my friends and anybody that'll listen, it's such a great time to get in the beverage industry, especially if you're a minority or a woman owned brand, because not only is it the right thing, it's more equitable and for everybody but it's also so innovative. It's different, right? I mean, we're, we're so used to the same categories and just like a new label on the new innovation brand, but is it really innovation, mm -hmm. right? And I think bringing different stories and experiences um, really create that real innovation that customers are looking for. Yeah. So what is your next step? Like, where are we going to see LS? Are you looking at line extensions or are you just focused on new markets or penetrating your current markets? Like what is, you know, what is the goal for this year and for the next five years for you? So for this year is really to focus on key markets that we have targeted. Uh, we want to get, uh, we're in discussion with, you know, big chains to be able to get in that. But at the same time, we want, we want to continue to, you know, support the, the, the retailers that we already have and focus on that. Um, different flavors of LS maybe, different uh, type of products that's, more in like the five year range, but, um, it's really to get the story out there to, you know, be in the stores that we really want to be in and in the markets that we really want to be in. So that's our, that's our major goal for the upcoming years. Well, on behalf of the served up family, I want to wish you just so much success. Your story is incredible. Thank you. And I know that you are absolutely inspiring our listeners to get up and to do the work and to ask the questions, right? And to share your story, share your, your hurdles. And your vulnerability. And be vulnerable. Like I said, without that aspect, you know, we were 
you know, just like, oh, no, let's let's keep this to ourselves. But when we really opened up and put everything on the table and said, we're all in, like, there's nothing else that you could find, even if you dug deeper, like, this is it. Then, you know, that's when everything started to open. And so that's that's really what I would suggest everybody to do. Just just be an open book and people will gravitate towards you and help you out. Really. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. On behalf of the Served Up family, you know, we want to wish you just some great health and a lot of peace. So thank you for being on our show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, Marianne. <laughs> Cheers. You're amazing. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers. <laughs>